0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the clique. Isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I
1: got an idea. Yeah. Peter Woo! 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 Give me a hell yeah! A little bit of the bubbly. Woo! It, 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 it <laughs> no, this is power line. Woo! I am uh, the man! We need it It's shocking. Following episode is scheduled
2: for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure.
1: This is in the click.
2: What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, joining me once again. It's my brother Tommy. How's it going? I'm doing good. And also joining us is our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram. It's Richard. How's it going? Happy Memorial Day, folks I was going to say, yes, happy Memorial Day Here we are A special uh, Memorial Day Monday
0: coming from you In the Clicksters <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I like that Richard saying that with his In the Click shirt on right now Way to wear, support the brand, man That's
1: awesome
2: <laughs> But no, yes, here we are Back at it on, on a Monday Just uh, talk all the major news and, and shows from this week In pro wrestling So much to talk about out uh but it's kind of nice i like this recording like on a monday morning ish or almost like lunchtime now <laughs> we're yeah, recording yeah. this.
0: this is this is our brunch time special <laughs> brunch time there special. you
2: go just, good perfect. good moment
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly hey remember danny when we used to get brunch at pier 29 back in the day
2: because <laughs> mom wanted it yes yeah, so, it's, so <laughs> yeah it's like this kind of occasion you know we should get some brunch we should have some uh what's your favorite like brunch item our dad loves like eggs benedict yeah that's always his thing oh that's for for sure i'm with your dad yeah yeah that's a good like any any sort of benedict yeah
0: benedict is the best (laughs) or there's
3: like um you can have like sausages
2: yeah or or... this
0: is what people want
3: to hear
2: exactly (laughs) what what we want for breakfast
3: (laughs) yeah because brunch is it's it's not lunch and it's not breakfast but if you want (laughs) to combine the two that's what you get
2: pretty
1: sounds, good
3: sounds, pretty,
2: pretty, pretty pretty good pretty good it sounds like a seinfeld bit right there <laughs> yeah
3: why do they call it brunch <laughs> it's not lunch it's, no, not, it's not, lunch. not breakfast it's not breakfast but if you combine the two voila what's
0: the deal with wrestling podcast talking about breakfast <laughs>
2: Oh my God. So, anyway. Well, well yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> on that note, let's transition. So, clickbait news for this week. Uh, it came out, what, Tuesday morning that uh, WWE announced that them and announcer Adnan Verk have mutually agreed to part way. So, he will no longer be the voice of Monday Night Raw. It only lasted seven weeks. And. I mean, honestly, I was not surprised by this at all. Me neither. Whoa! (laughs) Wow!
3: Unbelievable. (laughs) Um,
2: yeah, man, not a lot to say here at this point. Bon voyage. Yeah, I think a lot of people were all in agreement. Yeah, he was just not a good fit for uh for the role that he was given and working Monday Night Raw didn't have the enthusiasm. I mean, yeah, he just didn't have like the 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 voice. The oomph, yeah. You, you have you'd, knowledge.
0: You'd kind of think that WWE would hire him under the guise of asking him some questions, as "Hey, who's our world champion?" You know, "Who's uh, <laughs> what's your favorite wrestler here?" And blah 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 blah.
2: Do you know what a heart attack is, yeah. and not just a clothesline? I mean, that was the big thing for me. Like, I was trying to give the guy the benefit well, of the doubt. Yeah,
0: that that was my. I, I, I forgot <laughs> we didn't talk about this in our little pre meeting, but I, that was kind of my major gripe with Tom Phillips originally yeah. and who got let go this week. Oh, that's uh, right. I put that down. Yeah. Okay. We got it here. Don't there worry. You go. Thank uh, you. Because there was an NXT long ago when they brought in uh, the authors of pain. Yeah. Yeah. And when Paul Ellering came out, he's just shouted like, who's that? And it's just <laughs> like, it, I mean, I get it. Paul Ellering's not the biggest name in the world in wrestling, but it's just kind of like, it, it was just one of those moments where, you're like, that's Paul Ellery, you idiot. <laughs> like,
2: you know? He's a legend. He's a legendary manager, man, man, yeah, manager he, of the Road Warriors, and it's
0: funny. The next week, he seemed to be an expert on Paul Ellery. It was just like, <laughs> no, Oh, yeah. you're a dick.
2: He read his Wikipedia bio afterwards. Yeah, yeah. read you yeah. read on his phone in the moment? Googled it. He read uh, the top,
0: the top, the top paragraph of the Wikipedia bio.
2: Yeah. So this all <laughs> kind of combined together. So yeah, this week Adnan Verk mutually agreed to part ways WWE. <clears throat> Tom Phillips was released, and Jimmy Smith is going to be the new announcer for Monday Night Raw. So let's mm-hmm. go down the line. So yeah, Adnan Verk, as far as. I, I just listen. I, I know he's a broadcaster. He's done MLB stuff. He's done other sporting stuff. But mm-hmm. when it comes to pro wrestling, just I didn't know much about him. So I was like, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I was listening to you know do the play by play. I just felt he didn't have like that strong voice
1: that he, would. Well, he
2: he has a good voice for announcing, but it's sterile.
0: You know, yeah, like with the wrestling, right. unlike baseball and football, uh, you have to have like you have to bring some emotion to it. No matter what Charisma. your job, like, what what yeah. Yeah. Doesn't I'll matter give if you a... color commentary or, or, or play by play, like have something. And it just it just felt like guy calling it for the radio. Right. <laughs> I'll give
3: you an example. Um Joe Gargiola, he was a legendary broadcaster, but he also played baseball and he was a famous uh, broadcaster for major league baseball. Mm-hmm. And He also dabbled a bit in commentary for pro wrestling in the 60s and during the the St. Louis territory. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing his voice at the time. I mean, I was watching some old clips of his announcing, and it – it wasn't that good, as I remember. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of in comparison to what Adnan Verk is, since he has well, affiliation with Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, so I, I guess what you're saying is just because you're a good broadcaster in one sport yeah. doesn't mean it can carry over to another sport or right. industry. So I think that that's what maybe happened. Maybe they thought... Like, hey, this guy, he's a broadcaster for baseball. He should be able to make the transition over to wrestling. And it's a whole different beast on its own. And, I mean, that's the thing, I think, just in general. It's like, if you're good in one field, doesn't mean it will carry over into the other one. And so um, – he tweeted out, you know, thanks for WWE for the opportunity. He said, the weekly travel, along with my other jobs, were a grind for yeah, me and right. my family. <laughs> grateful for the opportunity, or, uh, yeah, I'm grateful to everyone with the company, with especially Graves and Saxon for being such a fantastic teammates. I mean, I was laughing when he said, a grind for my family. Like, all he did was fly to the Thunderdome and back. They didn't actually go on a tour schedule yet. Yeah, So I thought that was kind of like a little bit of a, a BS well, tweet. Well,
0: in, in his defense, you have to get there about a day or two early for COVID yes.
2: stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so, but I was just kind of laughing. It was like, it's not like he's traveling all around the country. Like, literally, I think he lives up up in New York. So he flies down to Florida, does RAW, and comes right back. So, I mean, I do get flying tuned from every week is a grind. But like, it's not like they were flying. Other parts of the country and doing other shows and other obligations. You know, this was a closed set. So um, I think it was a very PR friendly tweet just to kind of thank you for this opportunity. But um, it was reported like WWE, like last week, had their minds up that they were going to let go of him. And so it's a nice way of saying mutually agree to part ways. A nice way to put a little bow on it. So yeah, um, yeah. he was just in over his head. Like I said, I I was frustrated. with uh
0: keeping
1: mm-hmm.
0: keep in mind with Vince, Vince is a former announcer, so it's like if he's not hitting what Vin he wants him to say, yeah, you know, he he this is a guy that like had issues with a, a, a more seasoned announcer and Joey Styles. Like mm-hmm. if this guy's not getting it, then it's like you know, seven weeks. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, well like I said, he just he He, he, he never... didn't seem like he was improving. Yeah, like, like he didn't learn... every week it was the streamlined. Well, he didn't, like, learn the moves or... Like I said, when Natty and Tamina hit the heart attack, their finisher, obviously, like, the Heart Foundation, he said, oh, Natty with the clothesline. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was the finish. And then Sheamus cut a promo a couple weeks ago and called him out and said, you're in over your head. So, I think a lot of people knew the writing was on the wall. So, mm-hmm. uh, wish him the best, man. Hopefully, you know, it looks like he is busy with work at other jobs. So I think he still works for MLB Network. Yeah, so... so hey. No,
0: he's, he's working for... Cam soda. Ah. Yeah, the the lady he is, I swear to God. Look, what? He got really? Got a job offer uh to do some like they're they're trying to expand and do like some fighting thing and he's gonna go call that. Really? No way.
2: Okay, yeah. I got looked that yeah. up. So, um, but as a side note, as you just mentioned, Richard, yeah, Tom Phillips was also released. I think on Wednesday it was announced. Um, he's been with WWE good, for what? Good riddance. <laughs> no, good not, riddance. Goodbye. Never come back. Really? So you're not a big fan of his? Please, <laughs> Logan. Ex- Logan. really? Explain. Wow. Explain. Yeah. Well, I know you said like the I, Paul Ellering I, example.
0: I, there was that, but the, the other big thing for me was it always felt like from the moment he got called up that he was impersonating Michael Cole almost <laughs> to keep a job. Like oh, yeah. like his cadences, some of Michael Cole's lines, no, 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 no. Like he never did that in NXT. Like he'd started doing all that. Cur- and Michael Cole produces the announcers for NXT. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like he was, you know, Michael Cole changed the way he was doing things on the main roster. It's like he was doing those things on his own and mm-hmm. he was terrible at it
2: right yeah Yeah. well so the thing is uh
0: now the the only thing left on my checklist is to get rid of Byron. (laughs) (laughs) then you'll be happy with the bride super happy Uh, all right
2: well so tom phillips i know he's been with the company since 2012 so almost 10 years nine years he has the honor i mean that's what i heard people say he's called every show for wwe raw smackdown 205 live nxt (laughs) nxt uk so main event yeah, he's been like their utility broadcaster for all this time. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering. I wonder he's got some skeletons in his closet too. <laughs> well, he, I was talking to a coworker, and he brought up a good point. He wonders maybe you know, with the Adnan Virk being let go, and a lot of people thought, "Oh, who are you going to get to replace him? Is it going to be Tom Phillips again? It'll be his third time, third th- third time doing raw stuff?" Um, but. It looks like they went with Jimmy Smith. He, my coworker suggests I wonder if Tom Phillips told them like, "Hey, you guys are not using me. I, let me go." Uh, so I, 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 that's just speculation. Yeah. Uh, so Tom Phillips, you know, he's gone. I, I'm with you. I always felt like he was like a Michael Cole 2.0. You know, he has a smooth delivery um, from a broadcasting standpoint, but in the pro wrestling world, yeah, it is very kind of vanilla in some ways as far as <laughs> his, his personality, somewhat um, nasally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if he will stick with wrestling. I, I think with his style and his, you know, his look and everything, hey, he, can, he hey, can go to. If, New- you,
0: if you were in WWE, we all know where they go when they're done with WWE. ESPN. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, uh ex WWE. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah Mark yeah.
2: Henry is the latest one now. So. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say for Tom Phillips, like with his style and his delivery, he can easily go to like news broadcasting or, uh, uh there's, uh, he's, it seems like a talented guy from, you know, from just his delivery can standpoint. You, can, can you imagine him calling like a hurricane and go, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is like, I wonder if like, would he like transition to some other TV? Like I said, news, a news network or, or uh, maybe some other sports. Like, I wonder what his, what's he interested in? So I, I would imagine he's going to land on his feet just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if he'll leave pro wrestling completely and just go into a different direction TVY, so um you know like you said it, he he did his job for so many years and was a good utility player so wish him the best and all that um, i do not i do not <laughs> and then it was announced jimmy smith will be the new announcer for monday night raw i don't know much about him tommy it, he knew quite a bit already yeah
3: I, I remember him from the this uh show on discover channel called fight quest and he was one of the co-hosts of the, the show and they would travel around the world and to countries where they would study their martial art and mm-hmm. they would also have a match in that style of that martial art
2: yeah and then he's done stuff with Bellator and UFC and he has a show on Sirius XM uh, but Richard I know you were pretty excited with the announcement that he was well, going to be hired I, I was like you and I, I really I didn't had no idea who the guy was
0: yeah. and so I went on YouTube to check it out and or you know some of his calls or, or podcasts or interviews and I was like oh, I like this guy Mm-hmm. This guy's good. Like he he brings personality of his own to it, and he doesn't have a nasally annoying voice. So uh, <laughs> I think he's he's going to do good. Mm-hmm. I yeah, hope
2: so. that, that's the thing too. I mean, you know, so he does have experience in quote combat sports. So and he, yeah, and he has a martial well, arts background.
0: He, he also seems like someone that's not just going to sit there when uh, Corey Graves throws out cheap Bobby Heenan one-liners.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and the thing also with him is, I know some people were criticizing him. I guess he tweeted a couple years ago that he doesn't watch wrestling on a regular basis. Um, like, he, but he that did say mean he,
0: he doesn't watch wrestling, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said he grew up loving a Bruiser Brody and stuff, so that was cool when he said that. Right huh? um For him, it, 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 it's. I know in his, with Bellator and stuff he's always like more of a color commentator. So to be the main lead by uh, lead play by play guy, that's going to be kind of interesting mm-hmm. for him to handle that task. But I know he's been working with Michael Colt behind the scenes for the last couple weeks auditioning.
3: And I thought he did well in NXT for
2: the uh, pre show. Yeah, so that's the thing. He was on NXT recently doing some stuff. So that was kind of maybe a little practice round for him. So I, I mean, you know, we'll wait and see. And judge. I mean, I guess tonight on Raw is going to be his first night doing play by play. So uh, I'm sure we all, we'll watch him discuss it on the next episode so uh, good luck to him i'm just curious you know if he's gonna be the one that what vince mcmahon visions as a good commentator so i would love to know what vince thinks of a good play-by-play wrestling commentator is goddamn pal So, (laughs) so see how it goes all right next up uh something that blew up the entire wrestling news space on social media social media all day friday was the word that WWE and New Japan weren't talks about a working agreement. Um I know Meltzer reported well, it was a Thursday night in the Observer that apparently WWE president Nick Khan was in talks with New Japan Pro Wrestling about WWE becoming New Japan Pro Wrestling exclusive American partner and then if you read the full article it was also said that apparently uh WWE would send like their top stars over to New Japan. And so Richard I would tell you like I got up early for work on Friday and I was just seeing like social media everyone was like overreacting like oh my god how dare new japan get in bed with wwe and like people were overreacting thinking like oh my god this they're they're trying to shut the forbidden door that new japan's working with aew and impact and other promotions they thought literally the sky was falling
0: i hate this term the forbidden door (laughs) i agree it's 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 kind of yeah it's terrible
2: it's Mm. it's happened it's happened forever new japan's worked with how many companies many over the years yeah like ring of honor i mean how is it
0: a forbidden door then
2: yeah (laughs) i guess well and that's the thing yeah i don't get it like this forbidden door i guess forbidden door it's just some some, (laughs) it's just some some crap chris jericho spewed and people take
0: as oh they've never done this it's like hmm i seem to remember wcw and new japan having a relationship i seem to remember ring of honor and No, I, New I, Japan I, having a relationship, NWA, WCCW, CMLL, AAA. They I think even it, worked with WWF in the past.
2: Yeah, yes. Well, no, I was going to say, I think it kind of stems from the fact that, like, the elite, the guys in the elite left New Japan. And so apparently New Japan was really pissed at them and were, like, refused to work with them. they
0: homegrown like, talent, though. Yeah, like, exactly. Besides Kenny. Like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. Like it's, it's the stupidest thing in the world and it's not accurate. It's just something Chris Jericho said that people get hyped behind.
2: Right. Because yeah. they
0: don't, they don't know better.
2: Yeah. 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 Exactly. So and that's the thing is just like when people are like, Oh, the elite left. So the new Japan officials were really mad and refused to work with AEW. And then like a year later, it's like these talks started happening and it's like, Oh my God, maybe there is this forbidden door that was closed is now opening. So, um, Everyone's gravitating towards that. But, yeah, Tommy, you were going to say yeah, WWF, they worked with New Japan way back in the day.
3: Going back to the 1970s, during the territory
2: days.
0: The Forbidden Door is uh, Vince McMahon putting together a show with New Japan and All Japan. Yes,
3: in 1990.
0: Because there was such bad blood between Giant Baba and Antonio Inoki. Yes. And Vince... Extended the olive branch to do a three company show.
2: Yes, mm.
0: that's the forbidden door that Vince broke down.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. So the, the thing was, like I said, like when I saw the news, I was like, oh my god! Like, in my head, I was trying to create. All I was trying to understand and dissect the news here, and I was at first like, oh my god! WWE sees the 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 you know AEW and New <laughs> Japan working together, so they're trying to. You know, maybe outbid them a, and take over that, and pr- try and prevent th- those two companies working together. And you know, like I think a lot of people came up with all these crazy conclusions, and then even some fans, you know, were like fantasy booking already. What oh, like yeah. matches. I, I mean, that's
0: <laughs> that's what I woke up to before I saw the news was that like all these other re- the Instagram accounts were putting like New Japan against WWE guys, and it's yeah, right. kind of like, what is this? Why is this everywhere?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But so. It's, I- it's it's I I don't know. Yeah, no, it was interesting because I think a lot of people were like, "Oh my god!" Well, the people that were for this idea were like, "Yeah, fantasy booking, already matchups, dream matchups that they want to see." And yeah. um, so, like I said, I think a lot of people were overreacting. And mm-hmm. then by Friday afternoon, Mike Johnson from uh, uh, PWI, PW Insider, yeah, he reported to he got some more info from his sources to elaborate on this report. And apparently all it is is just a way for um, WWE to send Daniel Bryan to work some dates in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's all it is. Right. I think a lot of people were worried that, um, you know, when like uh, America or excuse me, uh, WWE want to be New Japan's um, exclusive American partner that were that way they can't work with anyone else in America. So it closes out all their relationships with other companies and. Um, like I, said, like I said I had all these different thoughts in my head But then once I got this Mike Johnson report I kind of just threw it all out the window And be like oh that's it I think a lot of people were overreacting All it is is um, Daniel Bryan wants to work some dates with New Japan We didn't hear about this He's done some interviews over the last couple months And he says he wants to be able to work Some other dates and other promotions So I don't know What do you think about this idea of Daniel Bryan Maybe working New Japan for a bit And then come back to WWE
0: it helps both. Yeah, right. Uh, and and I, despite, you know, like, kind of getting to the bottom of this uh, story, I, I think it does do some sort of goodwill towards WWE and New Japan to do such a thing. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. look could look they just inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. You know, one of the biggest stars in the New Japan history, Jushin Thunder Liger.
1: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Who's,
0: who only had one match uh, under WWE.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Uh, and, you know, there, there's been others. There's been Antonio Inoki himself and and uh, Fujinami. And, mm-hmm. So I, I think it helps, those types of things. And, you know, if, if they do get together, I think that's a, a pretty strong relationship that could help both brands out a lot because a lot of the times when I see that someone got let go from WWE and they're not like a, a seasoned veteran, you know, they're, they're, they've been around their season, but uh, I often think to myself it would be great for them to go to New Japan and you know enhance their their style a little bit so if you can have a working relationship where you know i think that's that kind of prevents a lot of your people from getting let go and mm-hmm. it also helps wwe uh because you can have short-term storylines with some some cool guys like they oh, yeah. used to do back in the day like the tor- territory system so yeah. yeah you can bring you can bring in Sonata to wrestle with Seth Rollins for like a month or two, and then go back, and then Seth Rollins maybe goes over to Japan for a month or two.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, I think, and that's, I think, being optimistic, be like all the fun, cool. Storylines that they can create out of this partnership I think a lot of people were also Like baffled be like well wait a sec Like what's the point of this like WWE already Has a big enough roster like how They're gonna squeeze more guys from New Japan's Roster onto the show it, it won't make it's not fair and then uh Other people I saw were re- overreacting Saying like um You know, New Japan—they have their one, their own style. WWE has their own in-ring style, and how's it going to work? Um, Are they going to make the New New Japan? That's the point. (laughs)
0: That's the point. Like because if you look at AJ Styles before New Japan and AJ Styles after New Japan, he's a completely different wrestler. Absolutely. Before New Japan, he's just a high flyer who had really great matches and was like John Cena could kick out of everything, and Mm -hmm. afterwards, he's perfected the striking style. Yes mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot Like a a lot of the women that people are not the highest on In WWE I think could get a lot Out of a working relationship
2: with Japan Yeah and the other thing too I saw one of the reports were Like WWE I think why they're open to the idea Okay here so let's break it down As far as okay WWE They don't want to lose Daniel Bryan They see how valuable he is I think Daniel Bryan knows he has them by the balls. And so part of his demands are, it's like, well, listen, this is my last hurrah as a wrestler. I want to be able to work some dates at other promotions, you know, short term. This this is also not unheard of for
0: WWE to let
2: a talent do that in negotiating a contract.
0: They did it with Vader. They did it with Ken Shamrock. They did it with Undertaker.
1: So,
2: yeah. So like this has happened a lot. It just hasn't happened in a while. So I think Daniel Bryan, yeah. So Daniel Bryan, yeah. I think, you know, he's like, listen, this is his last hurrah. He wants to be able to go out and work some other promotions just to you know, pride for his own legacy. And, and so, I even said that he I think Daniel Bryan also wants
3: to have WWE be more open minded to working with other promotions like New Japan.
2: And that's know? the thing. So I think Daniel Bryan's like, listen, like I, I don't know what the negotiation is behind closed doors, but maybe he says, Listen, I'll sign with you guys long term if you let me go do these dates right now just so I can enjoy myself and then I'll come back. Like, you know, I wonder if that's kind of like some of the negotiations go down, the conversations that they're having. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I I, I don't think the way you just lay that out, they would let him do
2: that. I think the way that, that they would do it is that they needed to sign
0: him first Yeah, and then they would allow him to go over there. Exactly, right.
2: Well, and I think probably the holdup is they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll let you go work New Japan dates, but we don't want you in the ring with Moxley or Jericho, who are AEW talent. Which is fine. Yeah, so that's probably the hiccup right now. Is like, okay, if you're going to go to New Japan, you can't be in the same ring with AEW guys.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, but he can well, work who with. Who wants some...
0: to see that anyway?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could work with no,
1: someone
2: it's... like Suzuki or, or you know, Minoru Suzuki or someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is uh, there was one report where WWE they realize or Nick Khan realizes that for what the last twenty years they've had that that attitude that they exist in their own world. They don't work with other people. So maybe Nick Khan's trying to change that that outlook. Well, <laughs>
0: Right? Uh, Well, hold on. Hold on, though. I I forget the the exact wording. Yeah. New Japan has not always been in the place that it's been at right now. There was a giant slump for New Japan for a number of years in the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's not like... It's not like... uh, uh, I guess the 2000s, not the late 90s. But Mm -hmm. it's not like um, the WWE was going after the biggest company in Japan to work with. You know, it's like no, they're in a slump. Why are we going to go work with them? Mm-hmm. You know, WWE is going to have a working relationship with someone that they feel like they're going to get something out of and they will get something out. Of. It's not going to be a one-sided street where it's, hey, we're going to come raid your roster for WWE or, hey, we're going to send a bunch of our best talent over to you so yeah. you can make a bunch of money.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, the uh, the quote here I was I was referring to says with uh, Khan, the former Isolanus... Uh, Isolanus? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> attitude Islanding. of WWE versus everyone is changing with the idea of WWE is part of the wrestling landscape and not separate from the pro wrestling landscape. So I think they're just trying to change. I think maybe people's perception of WWE that they don't work with well, other other companies and, then, and global expansion. Exactly. Right. So. Uh, Like, so if anything, you know, maybe Daniel Bryan, in a way, he's the one that's going to break the walls down and have WWE be more open to work with other promotion. So, you know, maybe Daniel Bryan, that could be something cool for his legacy. He was the one that kind of changed the landscape a little bit. And the
0: thing is, too, if they are going to expand globally, you are going to need global ambassadors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with England, England's kind of easy because. You know they they love our American talent, but in Japan they've got talent that are mega stars over there. Because like, don't don't forget that wrestling is still front page news in Japan.
1: Mm-hmm, so yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, you send over Hulk Hogan to Japan, and it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. New Japan's not getting Hulk Hogan anymore, unless. They send him over or Brock Lesnar yeah. or Daniel Bryan. So it's like, hey, we can come send your former IWGP heavyweight champions over that are our guys.
2: Yeah. So I, I think for me, what would be kind of interesting, you know, if, if this is the beginning of something working together, like if all it is is just Daniel Bryan going over there, work some dates and that's it. All right. Cool. Great. Great. Or if it could expand and evolve from that, then that could be also really cool too. And I mean, who knows? Maybe NXT could kind of be the one to benefit more from this. Like, you know, maybe NXT and New Japan can work stuff together because their styles are a little more similar, um, and that's cool. NXT was already you know rumored to do stuff so with MLW, so NXT could be the the one that kind the, of benefits. The big worlds collide pay per view. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, like I said, I, I I think initially when I read these reports, I was like like everyone else coming with all these conclusions. And then I realized by like Friday afternoon, a lot of people were overreacting to the details. Mike Johnson cleared the air and just said, listen, all this is about is just Daniel Bryan trying to work some dates with new Japan. That's right. all it is. It's not like WWE trying to squash new Japan, working in America with other promotions, this and that. It, it's just, it's just funny well, how and, people overreact to like hating on WWE.
0: And if, New Japan doesn't want to do it, then we'll we'll see Daniel Bryan and some other Japanese promotion. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. potentially, and that's the thing. And, and that's going to be their benefit, and not New Japan. So I think it's in New Japan's best interest to work with them.
2: And that's the thing too is like WWE is the biggest company in the world. So for New Japan to get a better, uh, uh, have better exposure here in America, it would make more sense to work with WWE versus anyone else. Yeah, I mean they're they're, let,
0: they're so far ahead of everyone. I mean, just, little- it, it makes sense because it's like, look. Number two is is arguable for wrestling company, but number two is also so far behind yeah. WWE it's well, it's you know you can't even see them at the finish line.
2: Well that's the thing like look, 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 just real quick New Japan like what 3 years ago was like hot like coming into America and like a lot of people were loving everything New Japan. And then it kind of died down the last couple years. And so what better way to kind of maybe get their exposure up again by working with WWE. So I think from a business standpoint it makes sense. Um but I just know like some of the hardcore fans who are maybe more like indie Fans or whatever, they're a little hesitant because they're like, "Oh, New Japan going to bed with the big bad devil," and it's like, yeah, on. hate
0: hate on it before you see
2: it. I know yeah, exactly. That,
0: that makes a lot of sense. Maybe it becomes the best thing you've ever seen.
2: Yeah, that's a, another thing too. It's just funny because like they're like oh, these. Talks started like in March and April, and they're like, oh, my God, WWE saw that AEW and New Japan were doing stuff together, so they want to jump in. Well, no, keep in mind, in March and April, that's when Daniel Bryan's contract was expiring. That's probably why those talks started it. So people are not looking at all the details.
0: Yeah, these people are idiots, and they don't
2: understand (laughs) business.
0: I have people that complain on my page about the way the invasion happened still on posts that have nothing to do with the invasion. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous how much people complain. Wrestling fans are toxic right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. they really are.
3: And I also wanted to say, uh, theoretically speaking, I mean, I could see WWE wanting to do this just so they can get some of the tape library. But I figure they have to, since some of their guys worked for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I figure they have to negotiate with TV Asahi, you know, who owns all the, the tapes and And I honestly think the talent would love to go work there if they wanted to do this because I figured they wanted to adapt to working that style and you know you know the strong style. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing, listen, I know WWE has their performance center where they create their talent, their own wrestling style, but it's also I think good you can learn other styles as well to help benefit the overall. You know, appeal of the product. So, I mean, anyway, like I said, at the end of the day, all it was is just Daniel Bryan trying to work New Japan and the two companies trying to maybe potentially work in agreement. Other than that, everything else is just fantasy booking or just open (laughs) in discussion. And so until something official comes out. It's just you know It's it's just talk talk at that point Innuendo exactly All smoke and mirrors so far Uh, All right, let's uh, move on over to uh, Ultimate Warrior talk So this week was all Ultimate Warrior Uh, He had not one But two documentaries come out About him this week Uh, Last Sunday was the A&E biography On Ultimate Warrior and then this past Thursday Was the the Darksidering version Of his story Well
0: Here's what's interesting. Uh-huh. I watched I watched them in order of when they played. You guys watched them in the opposite order.
2: Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so, we did. Uh, yeah, we watched Dark Side of the Ring first, and then we watched the A and E version or A and E biography uh, afterwards. Um,
0: so, point blank, which one did you guys like more? I, Tom, you go not, ahead. Not, not saying either are bad. Just saying, yeah. like, which one do you like more? Um, I I enjoyed the A and E
3: one because. It really showed his roots where he came from mm-hmm. but the I like the dark side one because I also like the dark side one because they really sh- um, I felt his first wife really did a good job interview having been interviewed during this whole uh segment and the show I mean the biography and all that i there were i mean there's a lot of things but I can't really
2: okay. conclude them all well no so know? I will say this Richard was. I enjoyed the A&E one probably a little bit better because, one, it was longer, so they're able to tell more of the whole story of his life and career. Um, While the Dark Side of the Ring one, while it was shorter, I think they did a good job of kind of maybe exploring more of, unfortunately, the negative side about him. Right. Um, I I agree. um, I agree.
0: I, I was a little down on the fact that they did focus so much on that. Yeah, it it, it it felt like you had people that worked with him with you know, but that I mean that's the problem because there's not a lot of people that worked with him for a long time, but they did have people like Jim Ross and Jim Cornette who didn't work with him the longest period of time. But it, just right. felt like they it felt like they wanted
2: to add to the shit pile. Exactly. Yeah, that that's interesting. Okay, God, there's so much to break down here well, with that. Here, so here's here's what I, let me get this
0: out. Okay, here's what ahead. I got from here's what I got
2: from both. Number one, uh,
0: he married two very cool women.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: I thought both of his wives uh, came across like really genuine, great women. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were the best parts of both because they explained who the real Jim Helwig was. Yeah. And right. like, okay, he's an asshole at work. He's, he's, he's difficult to work with. And but when he comes home he's not that guy until he is that guy later on, you know with his first wife but mm-hmm. uh you know did you catch it during the A&E one how exhausted he looked after doing promos
1: yes like it, it <laughs> drained
0: him yes like he was like um, he looked emotionally and physically like drained from it
2: before yeah. i forget i love those like behind the scenes clips and you see how hands on Vince McMahon yeah. was like, coaching him and guiding him, that stuff is so cool. And that's something I think a lot of people maybe don't give Vince McMahon enough credit for is, like, not only was he the owner, the commentator, the booker, the promoter, the salesman, like, but then, like, the actual character coach, like, the director. Mentoring these guys. Yeah. It it almost felt
0: to me like... An unfortunate unfortunate circumstance that WWE and Vice couldn't work on this together because I feel like they both paint the perfect picture, but you see the same clips in both.
2: Yeah. So I I was going to say that is like after watching both, like I recommend for anyone out there who's a fan of Ultimate Warrior or just wants to learn more about him, I recommend watching both. Like don't watch one or the other. You need to watch both because I think combine you get the full picture of who he is you got like the official wwe version and then like the independent version of telling his story of who he is so combined i think you get a really good idea of who he is now dark side of the ring what i enjoyed about that was they had his first wife a and e they didn't they only had dana who's his second wife so with the first wife they're like the first person uh, though
0: they're like great uh, i love them
2: both well i was gonna say with the first wife her perspective is very valuable because she was married to him during his yeah. initial wrestling yeah. career so she, she has the first-hand experience of what was it like dealing with him and what he was going through
0: he to me validates so it's not just gain a warrior's story of uh, that he yes. was a great guy because you know a lot of times you'll get like he was my wife or, or he was my husband and i loved him and you know a lot of times people protect the ones they love So, like, you got both. And I thought WWE did an extremely honest job. Mm -hmm. Maybe the most honest documentary WWE's done, to their credit, because I had a lot of people, I put out a poll on my page, uh, asking people which one they liked more. And I had a lot of people that had preconceivedly judged the A&E one, that WWE wasn't going to cover this and that. And then when I told them, no, they covered... You know the the stuff at the university in detail, and the the DVD, and like they explained it and they talked about it. It wasn't like like we're gonna hide this. It's like no, we're gonna make a discussion out of this so stuff like this doesn't happen. Anymore.
2: Yeah, I I so for me like Dark Side of the Ring, uh, I felt like as far as describing who he was early on, they kind of brushed through that pretty quickly. They just kind of jump into right in the bodybuilding yeah, like post high school,
0: which was funny because I thought. The A, I thought the Vice one was going to cover his early career more than uh, his later career, but it was the opposite. WWE I mean, yes. covered covered
2: the that's, early one in detail. That's something I was watching with Tommy, and I was like, I felt like the first thirty minutes of the A and E one, I really enjoyed that because yeah. you see about his childhood, growing up in Indiana, coming. He's the oldest of his yeah. siblings. Well,
0: his- but that, but that was what I was just saying about like, like it, it, it's a shame that they didn't work together because like. Uh, the the vice one kind of went through like his his childhood and his father. Uh, pretty they kind quick, of gr- pretty quick in the A and E one, but in the vice one they explained that his father walked out on them for a neighbor, and I and oh, I okay. it, was, it was missed in the A and E one, but like they covered that in the the vice one, so it was just kind of like, man, this is like, like a full picture, like. If you missed it the first time, we're going to cover
2: it the second time. Yeah. Like, so A&E, like, I really enjoyed, like I said, the first 30 minutes really covered, like, his origin and who he was as a person growing up. And why was he so, uh, like, obsessed with, with weightlifting and getting big? Because, you know, he's the oldest of his siblings, so you're probably the pressure uh, providing for his family after his dad leaves but yeah his dad leaves and how the psychology can screw with someone's brain like your own well, father doesn't love you and want you so yeah. you're, you're always looking but, for, for validation from people
0: but then you then you package that in with not only did he leave but he left with someone you probably knew because it was a neighbor
2: Yeah, and it's just kind of like that's
0: two people that betrayed you
2: yeah, so I think that's why moving forward for, explains so much that like those early years that explains his attitude for years to come which, and how he deals with people. Which one had his mom in it? The A and E one. A&E. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, she so, was but, great too.
2: Yeah, so I'm just saying like. He had a really bad childhood. And so that messes with someone's brain. And then moving forward, like how it affects relationships that person has later on in life and the insecurities and always wanting to make everyone happy and going to extreme lengths to, to be successful and cutthroat attitude. Like it really explains a lot. And that's why I said A and E one really told that story. And it makes so much sense now why he was maybe a dick in wwf at the time and in the 90s and the 2000s because of how bad that childhood he had and he probably never really got proper uh help you know to to, to uh, attention to, to focus yeah. on that well so, it,
0: and then you know i think both of them painted vince in a good light uh the vice one included uh yeah but but i i found it interesting when you hear warrior talking about it and he, like Warrior legitimately thinks of Vince as like a father figure and mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you guys but I got like semi choked up when they asked Vince like did you think of Warrior as like a, a surrogate's son or something mm-hmm. says, no I only have one son
2: yeah yeah that was interesting which you know I can understand Vince's perspective like no that's just an employee of him well, of his. It's, I think I think that kind of breaks down, too, because a lot of wrestling fans will say that, oh,
0: you know, they think of Vince as like a, a, a father figure. And it's like Vince never has said that. Like it's wrestlers that have said that. So yeah. I think it's it's kind of cool to hear Vince like, no, I think that that's a really, really awesome moment for Shane if he hadn't heard that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people make fun of what Vince. Remember that tweet: "Happy birthday, Shane." It was like that one line. Yeah. Uh, and then when it was Triple H's birthday, he, he like had this elaborate tweet. A tweet. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like "Happy birthday, Shane." That's it. That's it. Happy birthday, Shane. <laughs> Shane. <That's> <laughs> Happy birthday, Shane. Uh, no, but same way. Like I said, I I, I really enjoyed A and E one because, like I said, really explained his origins. And like growing up in Indiana, then moving to Georgia and the weightlifting, how successful. And then how he went to LA and met Sting, and that's how he got into wrestling. So they really explained that early years. Well, Darkseid were like, oh, yeah, he, he, was small for his age, got started the weightlifting, went to Georgia, won a contest with LA, met Sting and boom, went on the territories. It was like super quick. Yeah. Well, A&E kind of explained it more. And so,
0: yeah, I was
2: watching the dark side one. I was like, man, I wish Sting was on this, but then yeah. I watched A&E. And I'm like, oh, they use clips of Sting there. I'm like, oh, that explains it. But dark side could have gone to Sting and interviewed him. That's the one I was thinking. Cause the clips at A&E of Sting, that was like 2014. So, yeah. um, but anyway, like I said, I enjoy watching the stuff about the territories, learning yeah. more about that. And so it's funny, dark side. the people that had, they had on there were really focusing on Ultimate Warrior didn't really care about the business. He just wanted to make money. So that's why he never learned how to wrestle properly. And they're like, okay, I get. I mean, I understand that, but it's like they really focus on the negative side of that. But it's like, His mentality is he wanted to be successful and provide for others. But but both Jim Cornette and Jim
0: Ross have hired people that weren't the greatest wrestlers, but they knew that there was something there.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's the thing. It's
2: it's kind of the pot calling the kettle black. And then one thing that was interesting was they had Jake the Snake on there and they said in 90. Oh, that was a lie. Yeah. That was all a lie. The history there, like Jake the Snake said he was going to get a title run, but he had to ask Ultimate Warrior for permission Before they go into their program. And I was thinking, I was like, I don't think Warrior was ever champion when him and Jake the Snake had the feud. Did they have, was he champion at that point yet? I can't Uh, remember. Intercontinental.
0: They want him to beat him for the intercontinental title. Okay. Okay. But it doesn't matter. None of it matches up. Jake lies sometimes. I was going to say the the timeline was off.
2: The history of it. it was.
0: It was weird that they I think that they were Already interviewing Jake For some other stuff
2: And Well his episode's next week uh, yeah, His family That's gonna be a dark one Yeah So anyway uh, I, was like, I was watching I was like the timeline Doesn't really kind of make sense With him And No
0: A lot of people were saying
2: That Like Was, like, was Jake ever stuff. Was Jake ever really Gonna be WWE champion At one nah. point No See so no, that's Jake Jake's, From what From what I've heard From people That were
0: backstage Jake was always Gonna be Jake It's kind of like Ted DiBiase It's just kind of like Those are such Larger than life characters that they didn't need the belt and back then you didn't need the belt to be super over yeah yeah. everyone was super over
2: yeah I was like thinking like you know Tommy Dreamer is a good example he was never ECW champion until the very end right yeah. but like he was just over so he didn't need the title Undertaker same goes with Roddy Piper
0: yeah and exactly. Undertaker never won the world title it wouldn't tarnish his legacy a single bit
2: yeah exactly yeah. so anyway like I said I, uh, Darkseid and that's the other thing too like Darkseid when it came to the letter that Warrior, you know, hold on, hold on. You know it's funny. What's that? I feel like whenever they gave Undertaker a belt,
0: it's just when they didn't have creative for him. Like it's like, oh, we'll just make him the champion so he gets to defend it. Yeah,
2: yeah. so it seems like that's, that's his to story. Do. Yeah. Well, no, So what, what I'm saying is, like, with 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 uh, Ultimate Warrior and um, uh, uh uh um Jake. No, 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 not Jake. Uh, uh oh, with the letter to Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. I laughed oh, yeah. like you know, A&E one they kind of showed some excerpts from it but Jim Cornette on Dark Side he read the full thing. I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. And then Vince's response that was funny too. Um it was interesting but then also the timeline like they said he left after 91 didn't come back. Well he came back in 92. A&E covered that and said how he looked smaller cuz he wasn't on steroids. Um and then they talked about 96
0: how he came back it's, even when he's not on steroids though he's still jacked. Like, yeah like like part of that is like the shoulders like cannonball shoulders Is just like you know that's from years of working out that this doesn't necessarily mean it's from the steroids well, so well, i mean well, you look well, at scott steiner before steroids and he's got the the big cannonball shoulders
2: himself yeah no what i was gonna say i enjoy dark side like i felt like the 90s that kind of went through pretty quickly um didn't covered WCW. They didn't cover WCW. No. One, one thing I do like about I did mention, and this is something I didn't really think about, was, you know, as a kid in the 80s, everyone loved Ultimate War because he was just larger than life. He's our wrestler. He's the fans, like like Sid. He's the fans wrestler. He was like a superhero. Yeah. But then Jim Ross brought up a good point was by like the 90s, though, those same fans are older are understanding the business more, and they kind of saw, realize, oh, he's not that good in the ring, so that's why his doesn't matter, doesn't well, matter. But, but his shtick is not as it, it, the '90s was, but the mid '90s was a different era in wrestling, so but, his style from the '80s didn't translate as well. Okay, so these are kids when they're when he's around, right? Yeah, and then they get older. You know,
0: what's the, the demographic? Seventeen or eighteen to thirty five.
2: In, in the 90s or 18 right? no, that, to that, that's, 1834 that's,
0: that's the demographic that they go for right oh yeah yeah 1834 so, so he's a he's he's a a his biggest demographic in the 80s children and yes. then they grow up and they're in their 18 to 34s who are then cheering for Goldberg who is the yeah. same character yeah <laughs> so it, yeah. It, like th- there's the argument of were they really that down on him
1: mm-hmm
2: well, the thing was they
0: just they just swapped out a couple of moves for a couple of different moves
2: in uh, neon for just black tights. <laughs> yeah. And
0: a spear jackhammer. Yeah. So, no it, shoulder, it, shoulder tackle body splash.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot to analyze here. We can go on and on about it. But I just said, like, if you're a fan of Ultimate Warrior, I suggest you watch both documentaries because you get the full picture. Um, like I said, I thought his first wife was great. It's just telling the story of just, you know, what was it like being with him in the 80s? And it's really shocking. Like. God, he went Memphis eighty five, and then by ninety one, like really, his time in wrestling was like six years. Like it really well, was amazing yeah. for that. Um,
0: I don't. I think it was in the A and E one. I someone had said something about like it was also a different. I think it was the A and E one. Because I think it was Bruce Pritchard, and he was saying that it was it was a different time, and things were a lot more carny, and he grew up in a carny business, so it's kind of, you know, like they both. I think they both did a fantastic job of painting the picture of of that the human uh Mm -hmm. jim hellwig and i i mean the one thing that jake did say that i thought was honest was uh warrior coming to him and apologizing because they had the video footage
2: yeah and it was cool with you know the hogan and apologizing to other people too um i i I, just a couple things real quick before i forget was it was interesting you know they do both talk about you know the stuff in the 2000s you know when the internet Was starting to take off and blogging And obviously he had his own website and changed his name And you know was writing a lot Of hateful things the speech in Connecticut um, it, it, it was interesting but it was, A&E one, at least Dana Her defense or trying to explain why He was acting like that how like talk Radio like conservative talk radio kind of I want to brainwashed is a strong word, but kind of.
0: Well, look at the world we live in right now. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Like social media, a lot of people get their news. You and get, You get
0: caught up in stuff sometimes, and he. It seems like she realized it, and she and he realized it that he made a mistake. He didn't realize it right away, but I think he realized it. Like yeah, he she. Saying, she said that he's he's human. He's flawed. Like I think people think that. Because you're famous and you've had success That you you can't make mistakes anymore It's like if you or I made a mistake You know we we work To to rectify So So
2: yeah no, that's a good analogy right there I think how in the 2000s Early 2000s like he Was following conservative talk radio And wanted to be like this conservative motivational speaker And like he was kind of spewing the same Ideology that he's heard on Like Rush Limbaugh and stuff And how that can someone can really Um uh, train someone to think that way, and you're, you're probably a good point. I think there's a lot of crazy people on social media now who just cool. re- regurgitate what they see on Twitter and stuff. So the, the, the or Facebook chat, yeah. and, yeah.
0: and you can say things that are honest and 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 are right, but they're not right, you know, morally. Yeah. So I mean, look, look there's there's a reason why but, Hitler convinced so many people to follow him.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of sheep out there, and so you find someone it's,
0: that. But it's, it's, it's not even necessarily being. And I'm not saying by any means necessary that if you're a conservative, you're a sheep. But I'm, yeah. I'm saying that, uh, or we are saying that. But uh, yeah. um, I, I think that you can connect with certain things that people say and start to take it as fact. And it's just someone's opinion at the end of
2: the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think for a lot of people who are looking for guidance, you think about it, he didn't have a strong father figure. So I'm sure for him, he's just looking for, for maybe answers or, you know, uh, uh, advice or maybe, you know, ways of thinking. And so, yeah, the radio was probably something he turned to to listen to for, for guidance. And so I'm not condoning anything he said. I think everything he said was horrible and, um, it's unfortunate, but, um, and our dad was watching the end of it as well And we tried trying to explain to him Yeah, it was really eerie How he finally made amends with WWE After the documentary and everything um, Got into the Hall of Fame Had his goodbye Or that one speech in the ring That the next Or a couple nights later on Raw And then died that same week It was just so eerie
0: The next day The next day Yeah, the,
2: next day, the timing of it all Like yeah. Finally comes back to WWE Comes back home Goes in the Hall of Fame, a couple days later, does Monday Night Raw, next day he dies. So it's like, just the timing of it all was so, just like I said, eerie that it all worked out like that. So, I mean, at least they have that forever, well, that last promo of his. It's interesting, too. I
0: don't know what that condition is that he had, but uh, Kevin Nash has the same thing in his family. He's outlived, He said he outlived his dad and his grandpa and his grandpa. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think
0: they, he said that they all died at like 35, and he's... You know, almost twice that age now.
2: That's crazy. Um, did you notice his daughter in A&E once has, uh you know, the idea yeah. of wrestling? I was like, oh,
1: I wonder if she would,
2: you know, I don't know how she is in the ring, but, you know, she does kickboxing and stuff. Well, she, so, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, take but, it. Yeah. Go in the It was interesting. You know, her last name is warrior. Like, I forgot. I was like, yeah, he changed his name yeah. legally. The warrior. I was like, whoa, yeah. that's trippy. So, so anyway, like I said, there's so, so much. She's got a ring at.
0: name already. Matty
2: warrior. <laughs> yes. So like I said, there's so much we can discuss about that But that's like a lot of the highlights we noticed So like watch both of them for the full picture So um, Alright, last but not least We'll just run through NXT and SmackDown this week NXT, obviously the big story Was just the NXT Championship match Between Finn Balor and Karrion Cross for the title Dude, I, I think this might have been better Than their TakeOver match I,
0: yeah. I, I 100% agree
2: Okay, okay <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, dude, hard hitting, a lot of fun that, uh, that spot with uh, two spots, Jesus. The, the one where he, he
0: crucifix powerbombed him into the barricade was great. Yeah, but then yeah. uh, Balor, Balor did the double foot stomp, and like at first, I'm just looking at it like,
2: oh my god, he didn't get off of him,
1: mm-hmm. And then he just
0: shifted Balor's body and grabbed
2: him in the chokehold. was awesome. And listen, there were multiple moments in this match where I really thought Finn had this. Like, I the drama. I
0: didn't didn't think so at all. Really, the fact that like Balor kept hitting him with really big moves, and then Cross would just get right back up. It was just like, oh, he's got this. This is this is a done deal.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Like, there was this was a really good hard hitting match. Um, I, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, I was like, man, they're giving this away on a Tuesday. Like, I was like, couldn't they save this for TakeOver in your house next month? But um, there are rumors. Apparently, Monday Night Raw really wants Finn Balor. So, maybe oh, you know, he, he might be. They, yeah, they want to speed up and get called up. And I wonder if he'll go to Monday Night Raw and maybe intern Money in the Bank next month. I mean, you know. I want to see him in a title match with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. I mean, dude, he. Him, the way he's been booked, he could totally be a credible threat against Bobby Lashley now. Uh, but no, great match. I, 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 I recommend everyone to watch that if you can. Uh, like I said, you know, two great matches between the two of them in the last what six weeks. So yeah, uh, really lucked out there. Um, also, we saw the million dollar <laughs> face off between Ted DiBiase <laughs> and Cameron Grimes. I enjoyed this segment that Ted DiBiase, like, I was concerned how is it going to be live on a microphone in front of a crowd? Because, you know, he hasn't done this in a long time, but I thought he did a great job delivering he's, his stuff. He's a pro's, pro's, pro.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, 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 was, I was worried for a minute. And it wasn't because of Ted. Because Cameron Grimes starts going down on this, like, Oh, you hurt my feelings! I just wanted to be like you, and it's just like, oh no, he's gonna give some sappy like baby face type promo. And he's like, you know, I, I I got all this money. I I want to treat people like garbage too.
2: It's just like, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like Tommy it's like, and I were turn- watching this, and it was like that was like a it was like a baby face promo. <laughs> yeah. Cameron Grimes was cutting, yeah.
0: <laughs> but then he turns it around, and it's just like he just shat on everybody. So
2: exactly. Well, no, I was going to say, but no, Teddy Biase is great. And like, I almost thought, like, are they going to join forces? Like the way they yeah. were kind of like, let's be on the same page. And like Teddy Biase said, like, I see a lot of you in me or, uh, uh, uh or I see, uh, you you remind me of like a younger version of myself. And so I was like, Oh, are they going to come together? But then sure enough, L, A, Knight comes in. Yeah. Interrupt- <laughs> yeah. Interrupts them and, you know, pretty much tells Teddy Biase, like, I should be like, your protege, more or less, right? Like, he, he's yep. calling him out. Um, and then he attacks Cameron Grimes. LA Knight, like, what is it? Like, it's a stunner, but, like, he drags him forward? It exactly. It's a stunner cutter. Stunner cutter. It
0: looks weird, because, like... It looks he, like the stunner. It looks like a diamond cutter. Yeah, it's just kind of weird the way he executes... It's like, drops it, his it's, head. It's, it's a... It's a... Instead of a... Uh, 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 it's, it's a forward cutter. That's what it is. Because It's, okay. it's no different than the diamond cutter. He's, his body's just going in a different direction. He's landing okay. on his front and not his back.
2: Uh, um, so he beats up Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase leaves with L.A. Knight. So I was like, oh, man, is like Ted DiBiase going to be L.A. Knight's manager or protege? Crossed. Fingers Consoling. crossed. Yeah. Um, and there's a rumor that... You know, they're going to bring back the million dollar belt and maybe the two of them are going to fight for it. I think save that for takeover. Like in, let in that your the, house, in your house, let them fight for the million dollar title. So, um, uh, I'm all in for it. Million uh, dollar
0: man's returning to, to in your house. Is that what you Yeah.
2: You're yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, and then last thing for NXT, the big thing we noticed was Frankie Monet's big debut. Uh, she looked great. F- former Taya Valkyrie, John Morrison's wife. Um, yeah, I I thought she was great. It was kind of a squash match against Cora Jade, but she got her offense in. I love she kept saying with it? we are at it yeah. <laughs> shouting that. But yeah, anything Richard you thought from her 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 debut match with NXT? I wanna see her in the ring fairly soon with someone with more experience
0: because I to me it was a squash match, but it went on. And it was just kind yeah. of uh she looked very happy to be in the ring. Yeah. Uh, but I I wanted to see, you know, a little more
2: competition. Right. Well, I, I think probably they're going to give her some opponents, but I wonder yeah. if um, Io Shirai is going to be the big opponent that she's going to get, because remember, she interrupted Io Shirai's interview yeah. with, with Beth Phoenix not too yeah. long ago. That could be... And Io's been off TV for a while, mm-hmm. so I wonder... Well, that also
0: could mean something else.
2: Yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of... When someone's off TV for a significant amount of time, you know, is it going to be called up or waiting for the right time to bring them back? But... Um, I would love to see, yeah, Frankie Monet and Io Shirai. So, for in your uh, house. Yeah, in your house. That could be it. Great spot right there. Uh, all right. And then the last thing we'll just touch on real quick is Friday Night Smackdown. Some of the highlights there. Usos versus Street Profits opening match here. Dude, what a Stellar. banger. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like seeing the Usos back on TV, I think just elevates the whole tag team division. Absolutely. Yeah. As a oh, whole.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: And the two of them going at it, like the hard-hitting stuff on the outside of the ring and the high-flying stuff, it was so good.
0: At, at this point in their careers, I, I think an argument can be made is for WWE, one of their best tag teams of all time.
2: So, the so. Usos are. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you, yeah. You can
0: put the Usos in the – like if you can take them in a moment of time and put them in the 90s, it works. You put them in the 80s, it works depending on the opponents.
2: Yeah. So it's just
0: kind of like they're they're up there. They're way up there.
2: Absolutely, and the thing is, so the Usos win. My only thing was, I think, it was that Cole said, uh, "Oh, what a uh, major upset!" I'm like, they're six time <laughs> <Cole>, champions. Cole, <laughs> like,
0: Cole had a couple of moments. I was like, like, like I, I, what I know. If, she, what? If, okay, we weren't gonna talk about it, but the Bianca Belair Carmella match.
2: Okay, <laughs> did yeah. you
0: catch what Cole called Bianca? B- yeah, B-
2: B- Bel- Belanca.
0: Belanca and, and Bailey's like called him out.
3: <laughs> Bailey just <laughs> snapped and called him an idiot
2: and all that. Yeah. yeah.
1: The Lanca, you Beth. stupid idiot.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, but like I said, the Usos, like I was just laughing, like they get the win over the Street Profits. And, you know, it's their first match to get in over a year because of the injury. But, uh, they're like major upset. I'm like major upset. They're six time champions. It's not, a, it's not an upset. That's something sound like Adnan Verk would have said. <laughs> Um, and then uh, um, we saw uh, The Usos backstage with Adam Pearce And like hey we won tonight we deserve a title shot um, And Adam Pierce is like Yeah uh, the winner of the main event tonight You fight them next week And then um, uh, Jimmy was all Excited like yeah and calling the shots And Jay you could tell was like nervous And then we see him and Roman and Roman calls him out And like why you guys uh, Why is your brother calling the shots and booking matches Without like getting my clearance And I just love like uh, Jay is like torn. You could tell, like emotionally, he's torn. It's like, do I stay with my brother or do I fall in line with Roman and his request? So, just the drama, the family dynamic. We keep talking about that. It's just the, the loyalties. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> What's going on? Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry on Zoom here. Go ahead, Richard.
0: So, so I was kind of thinking too. You've, you've kind of got a dilemma for for Jay of Roman's got me to this new level now. And I'm mm. a solo guy. And, I, and I've and i never been a solo guy. Never yeah. thought I would be a solo guy. And and do I want to go back to what I was doing? Mm-hmm. Like, like it worked, but been there, done that.
2: Yeah, no, Roma and Roman and said that. It's like, dude, your main event, Jay Uso now. Like, look where I brought you. Um, do you want to, yeah, go back just being a tag team with your brother? So I, I really thought that's a great... Psychology of like where you're at With your career so I wonder Yeah are the brothers going to be torn apart And fight each other um, I don't want to see the Usos You know break up well, um, they're, Look
0: look they're brothers at the End of the day they'll never ever be a fish like Broken up forever unless yeah one yeah of them, yeah
2: Something yeah. bad happens so no I mean Just seeing where this goes I'm excited uh, Main event it was supposed to be The Mysterios taking on the dirty Dogs um, but like we saw at WrestleMania Backlash a couple weeks ago, Dirty Dogs this time tacked Rey Mysterio, who was like praying on the hallway, and then they attack him, and so Dominic had to come out by himself in a handicap match. I don't know about you, like I you know, I, I've had my moments where I thought Dominic's been really good, and other moments he's just like okay. Um I think this was a really breakthrough moment for him as a baby face, like overcoming the odds against these two legendary yeah. veterans here. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I really like the Dirty Dogs. Yeah. I like that. I like. I
0: mean, I've said it a bunch. Bobby Roode is cursed with being a great tag team wrestler.
1: So,
2: <laughs>
0: because he's also a great singles wrestler, but like, God, he's just so good with a partner.
2: Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter
0: who it is. In, insert wrestler, he's great.
2: Yeah. So Dominic, you know. Took his ass beating but he didn't give up He kept fighting back and then Ray finally Comes at the end and then with his Entrance the distraction uh, Dominic was able to roll up Robert Roode and Retain yeah. Smackdown tag title so I thought it was a good breakout moment for Dominic To main event match by himself 2 on one handicap against those two guys yeah so it was a good like i said breakthrough moment for him to stand out and then the usos come out stare down so (laughs) it's gonna be family versus family next week and i'm I'm all for it I, i cannot wait and richard you brought a good point off the air was it's cool to see the tag titles main event a show yeah like, I think that's how you add some value back to the tag titles once again and build up that, elevate that whole division. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I thought it was a really fun episode of SmackDown. Um, oh, real quick, just Kevin Owens, Apollo Crews, uh, just, <laughs> 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 yeah, we didn't get the full match for the IC title, but, uh, Apollo Crews', uh, right hand man, uh, what's his name? Um, no, no Dabba. not Dabakato. I mean, that's his old name. <laughs> but he hits him with the spike, and then Kevin Owens, for the rest of the show, is just telling the neck injury, ah, ah, ah,
3: ah. <laughs> It's like, oh my God. Him on the on the stretcher, the gurney reminded me of Ultimate Warrior. Remember when he got cursed by Papa Shango <laughs> yeah. and he's puking.
2: <laughs> I just thought Kevin Owens
3: was, Kevin was re-
2: really overselling that spike, but I guess Richard, you said oh, yeah. off the air, it's like it shows how strong and devastating that move is oh, heel heat. heel yeah. heat. Yeah. So Scary. It's very scary. So no uh, fun episode of SmackDown overall. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. So all right, on that note, let's start wrapping things up. Richard, where could all the clickers find you online? Um,
0: you can find me on Instagram at ProWrestling101 and uh, send your hate mail to at BabyHuey83 if you disagreed with anything uh, I said or Tommy said, uh, please let Danny know at, <laughs> at BabyHuey83. Uh, and be be. You know, I'm just, just putting it out there, but Danny's not a sensitive guy. You, you can use whatever sort of foul <laughs> language you like uh, to describe it. Just make sure you hashtag in
2: the click. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tommy, how about you working the clicks is find you online?
3: Um, yeah, yeah, you could... What? <laughs> it. Uh, you can find me on uh, twitter and instagram at ironfist 1982
2: i'm baby huey follow me on facebook <laughs> at baby huey official but at this point you know where to follow me on twitter and instagram at baby huey 83 at in the click for everything else social media wise give me a follow in the click at gmail.com subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and on that note let's go home and that's the bottom line because huey said so